Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Life can become a bit of a, a grind at times, and, and, and at some point for us, um, it's going to happen to everyone. No matter how much enthusiasm we start a thing with, no matter how fired up we are about something, um, sooner or later, if I stay with it long enough, the grind is going to kick in. And if you're married, you know that's true. That, you know, when Bron and I were going out, the first thing I ever did, pre-email, that's how old I am now, pre-email, I walked from the mudgy um, accommodation where I was staying, working, and I walked whatever, how many kilometres at midnight to the post office, mailed Bron a letter and walked back to where I was staying. When you fall in love, you will do that. But if in the middle of the night tonight at about 12pm, 1am, Bron taps me and says, Darren, would you walk up to the Kalala post office and would you send this letter for someone? Who knows? It's probably not going to happen. Welcome to the grind. It's just part of life. But, but the good news is, the, the bad news is it can overwhelm you, it can overtake you, it can, it can destroy a person's life, it can make it mundane and all of that kind of thing. But it can also build our lives. And at some point you're coming to it, I'm coming to it, and I've just written here, today we want to talk about the, the, the grind or the daily grind can either work for us or work against us. Let me explain it to you. We're going to look at a couple of Bible verses. Um, if you've been around here a while, I, I've used this before for a similar subject, but it just does it. It just says it so compellingly for me, in a way that you can get it. So Nehemiah chapter four and verse six is going to come on the screen. These people were in the grind, and we're going to see how it worked for them and then how it worked against them, um, because what was true of them is true for us. So these guys are working on a wall that surrounds the city. In those days, that was your protection. That was your nuclear arsenal. North Korea back in that day would have built a wall around itself. That's, that's how you did it. It was your outer. And their, their wall had been in ruins. Their city had been uh, rubble for, for more than a century. And uh, there'd been various goes at it. There'd been generations who refused to think about it. And these guys were getting on with it. And so they're, they're 26 days into this first venture um, and it says, so we rebuilt the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work. And they heard they didn't care what had happened for the last 100 years or so. They weren't put off by the fact that it had never been done in their lifetime, that all they'd known was ruin, that all they'd known was rubble. That didn't put them off at all. And they get this, Nehemiah comes into town, an outsider. Can you believe it? An outsider who was one of them. He wasn't even from that place. What would an outsider know? about what they were going through. But Nehemiah gets it in his heart, inspired by God to come back to um, the city of Jerusalem and they begin to rebuild the wall. And we pick up this line here, 26 days in. They're fired up, they're all over it and they've got a mind to work. Okay, let's look at just the very next set of verses, the very next shift in what unfolds in their story. Verse 10. A few things said in the preceding verses that weren't good. And then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is falling and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. Verse six, man, we're going to do this with all of our heart until this thing is done. Verse 10, this is over. This is over. 
commentators, you know, there's varying opinions, but it's somewhere between days and maximum weeks, this shift. From we're so fired up, we're giving our lives to this and they've raised resource and all the gear. They, they're giving their lives to this to a few days or maybe a few weeks later, they're going, we're done, we can't do this. And the grind, what you see if you read in around it, the rubble, they're looking at the rubble, they can see the ruins and they, they'd done what nobody had done in 100 years. They'd built the wall to a half its height in 26 days. They'd done something that generations before them couldn't get done. And they're looking at it going, ah, oh, we won't make it. You and I can look at that and go, of course they'll go make it. If they can build half of it, surely they can finish it. But what happened? Something happened in the grind where they started to look at the rubble. They started to look at what was going on around them instead of why they'd come to this in the first place. And something began to shift. And so the grind at one point was working for them because it was the grind that was getting the building done. And now the grind was working against them because the grind and what was going on around them was discouraging them. So the grind is either working for us, the daily grind, or it's working against us. The message translation said it like this, but soon word was going around in Judah. The builders are pooped, obviously a very modern uh, version. The rubbish piles up. We're over our heads. We can't build the wall. They've been caught in the grind and now it's starting to take over and the grind is starting to determine decisions and and really, God was looking to do something else. Let me take you back to where they started before they hit the grind. So Nehemiah speaks to them and he says, you see the trouble Jerusalem is in. It lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. I always imagine Afghanistan or, or you know, war-torn Iraq or something like that. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I told them about the gracious hand of God upon me and how what the king had said to me. And they replied, let's start, re- let's start rebuilding. And so they began this good work. And then in, verse, in chapter 4, verse 6, it says they, they, they continued the good work. And then by verse 10, they're saying, we're ready to go home. We're so overwhelmed by the grind that we're prepared to live the way it is and leave it to another generation. Imagine that. I don't know about you. Even Let's say even in our time that we weren't to be finished the wall. Man, I want to die trying. Don't you? I'm not going to die wondering. I want to die trying. And so the grind was working for them and then it started to work against them. And I'm convinced that the number one thing that works for us in this space is found in the verse we just read, and I want to talk to you about it. See, what they had back in Nehemiah 2.17, when Nehemiah rallies their hearts and the people respond to God at work in their lives, and they say, yeah, let's do this thing, what happened? They had purpose at the centre. They had purpose at the centre. And and the daily grind needs purpose at the centre. The daily grind needs purpose behind it, doesn't it? Something driving it. Now, now there are other aspects like doing fun well and relaxation and, and I think it's not ironic that they gave those sorts of things to other people to talk about. But, but talking about the thing that matters most so in the grind because everything gets old is it needs purpose at the centre of it and this is how God works. Something began to stir in them and, and, and purpose, I've, I've written it down here, inspired vision, imagined futures 
They're the language of God. They're the language of who we would call the Holy Spirit. Think about this, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27. The very first thing God sort of says to humanity, listen to it. He says, um, so God created them in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. Created the male and female. I'm sure it's not under any doubt in this room, but he created the male and female equal. We've still got difference in wages. He created the male and female equal, just to be sure. Um, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase. Uh, Let your numbers fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and every living creature that moves on the ground. God speaks to them. And in the opening moments of speaking to um, humanity, the very first thing we get, everything else before that, he's speaking to the creation. And then he speaks to humanity. And the first thing he does is give, fill them with purpose. The very first thing God does for humanity is to give them inspired vision, to put before them an imagined future. And now they're going to work it. And in our lives, the grind needs purpose. The grind needs and can have an inspired future. I don't care where a person's up to. If God gets a hold of us, if, if we will seek him, he can put inspired vision in any person's heart. He can put an imagined future in anybody's heart. And he actually wants to put it in yours wherever the grind is. He did it right at the start. And with Abraham, Abraham pops his head out the side of the tent. God says, look at the stars. That'll be the number of your descendants. And here we are. Anyone heard of a little nation called Israel? Anyone else feel like they control the superpower of the world? Popped his head out and said, there's your future. An inspired vision, an imagined future. Many of us would know the story of Joseph. God gives him a vision as a young man. It was an inspired vision with an imagined future. We know about David and the promises God made to David that one day the shepherd boy from the backside of nowhere would be the king of the nation. God gives inspired vision. He gives imagined futures. We can all remember, or maybe if you know your scripture, some of you will remember, Acts, you know, where, where Peter, the fisherman, gets a dream from this download from heaven. God inspires vision. He gives imagined futures. I think in my own life, you know, this isn't something even, or it is something I've learned now. I was 22 years old. I'd never heard of a vision statement. I didn't know there was such a thing. I was a kid from Campbelltown who worked at dairy farmers. And... I became a youth pastor and I wrote a vision statement. I'd never seen one. So it wasn't some filtered thing. It was just God downloading from heaven something that he wanted to get done. God wants to bring into your daily grind purpose that is from him because purpose in the grind changes everything. Inspired vision, imagined futures, dreams with destiny. That's God. That's who he is that's what he does he he does it for local churches he does it for movements he does it for nations he does it for people he does it for me and he does it he does it for you so one is purpose if i'm in the grind beginning to seek god for a picture of the future where's the grind for for you you know if it's if it's and you know let's just be honest if it's in your marriage um just starting to seek god for an imagined future i love this bible verse it's it's one of my favorites in all of scripture here's here's a verse I'd love you to practice the art of this week, Proverbs 16.3, Proverbs 16.3, if you're taking notes or texting, hopefully you haven't gone across to Facebook yet, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans, Proverbs 6, I, I live off this verse, commit to God your plans and he will establish, there are two ways it says it, one is he will establish your way 
or two, he will establish your thinking. And so, you know, the, the theologians drill down on that. I'm just like, they're both good. Let's just take both. Let's not have a disagreement on which word it means. He will establish your way and he will establish your thinking. Commit your ways to God and he will establish your way and he will establish your thinking. That's a powerful thought, isn't it? Uh, and so God can put purpose in the hearts of any man, any woman, any boy, any girl. He can put hearts. You don't need to get to an age if you're young in the room today. I just need that drink. For your marriage, for your future. Um, he can get something done there. And I think he wants to get something done with you. This is our starting place. Commit your ways to God that he might establish your future. How do you do that? Well, you know, just make room for him. Uh, in the back half of last week, we just made some room for God in our hearts. It's amazing. It's amazing to me how quickly the grind shifts when you make some room for God. I've had a busy, busy, busy period and um, just made some room. It's extraordinary. My, I feel like my heart's exploding. If I wasn't here tempering my own self because uh, we could just go on. But just make some room for God to speak and to move and to do. Make some room. And then, and then I think when God reveals something to us, just to get it clear, get it really, really clear. You know, as a church, we talk about reaching seekers, building believers, raising churches. Just get it clear. Because if I can get the purpose clear, uh, and then I can bring it to my daily grind. You'll see in a minute what we do with this. If I can bring it to my daily grind. So just get the purpose clear. Pray about it. Seek God. Commit our way to Him that He would establish our thinking, number one, and our way, number two. I don't know about you. When, when I'm seeking after God, I believe that the promptings, the thoughts, the ideas that come to me that advance his kingdom, that help other people, I'm like, no, I'm backing their God. I get the odd thought that's just about me, like my wife should, you know, it's not fair and she gets it better than me. So that's definitely not a God thought in my head. It's probably not true. But there are other thoughts, you know, if they get in our spirit, they may well be God. I think we should back that. And so just get, make room and then get clear put it down on something. I could open my phone if I could find it. I could open my phone right now and, and I could just read to you what I believe is coming next. I, I'm not. I'm going to be disciplined because I want us to focus on what we're doing. But in my heart, it's there. I read it every other day. I pray about it every single day and I make moves towards it even though nobody can see it. But one day, the grind, if God turns up, is going to turn into something that had purpose way back here that no one could see. Same with your life, in your marriage, with your children. I just think, why, why would I commit my ways to God in terms of my kids? If you've got kids say, how good, just go, God, give me a, give me a vision for the future. I, I don't know what's in my kids' future. I know that a little while ago I said to Katie, she was laying in bed, and we, you know, I give her a cuddle every night and pray with her. And I said to Katie, I said, Katie, you know what? It, someday we're going to have to replace Mr. Joyce, and someday we're going to have to... Uh, replace Mr. Anderson and, and I think you should pray about being a, an MP. Political corridors of power. Sphere of influence. Integrity in the nation. Oh, it was inspiring stuff. <laughs> Katie leaned over. She said, Dad, I'm 10. <laughs> no, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> and I said, yes, Katie, but before you do, let's just clear this up. I don't know it's in my kids' future, but I know that I've got purpose in my heart that there are certain things, and so we build them in. We build them in. 
And uh, same with you. God can prompt you. Get, make room. Get clear. Get it down. Just get it down somewhere on paper, somewhere where we can keep it in front of us. You know, whatever it is, if you, if you sign up to lose weight, it's obvious you do that. If you, if you join a team, even at church, just write down why it is you join the team. Keep it in front of you because the grind will take over and at some point it will try and take you out. But if, if we just keep starting and just keep stopping, we end up going nowhere. It's like a treadmill. I've got a cross trainer at home. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't matter how fast I go. When I start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. When the grind keeps taking me out and then I come back around the mountain and I start again. Well, I might be a little bit further down the track, but God, help us. It's a long way to go. I nearly said God in the wrong way then. Did you like the way I covered that up? The grind can work for us or it can work against us. God wants it to work for us in our lives. So just, just purpose, get a picture. And, and, and then, I, well, you don't have to do this, is what I do. And then I try to make it as compelling as I can. Like I'm trying to excite myself around it. I'm like, oh, this is what I think God wants to do. And then I sit down and I'll write it and then I'll rewrite it and then I'll condense how many words I use. I'll get rid of every word I don't need. And then I'll look up a dictionary and I'll find a word that says it better than that until I'm personally just inspired by the only thing that I just wrote down, hopefully. And, uh, and that might affect you if it's in a church context. But, so, but just do that. Just get it down so it's in front of you. In Habakkuk chapter 2, Habakkuk chapter 2, Habakkuk chapter 2. Oh, now I'm getting shown up because I can't find it. That's why I marked it. Anyway, Habakkuk chapter 2. God gives a vision to the prophet. And he says, listen, write it down on tablets so that those who are coming can run with it. He says, write it, etch it down. And then when the runner comes, give it to them and they can run with it. Hey, and then it says, it's, it's not going to come to pass right now, but it will come to pass. And that's how purpose works, isn't it? That's how um, these kinds of things go. They always have a gap in between. They always have a grind. But instead of the grind being meaningless or instead of the grind being about stuff that doesn't matter, instead of the grind, I can't imagine anything worse than just trying to get to the 6 p.m. news. And then just trying to get to the weekend. And then just trying to get to my holidays. I love holidays. I love holidays. But my grind isn't about getting to my next holiday. That would be a tragedy. That that's all my life mounted to. Imagine spending your whole life trying to get to retirement. No. There's purpose on the way. There's God appointed destiny in our future. And it's meant to work in the... In the grind. So that's it, number one. Number two, plan the work. So get a picture of the future. Number two, plan the work. Purpose needs a plan. Whatever, it's just a next step. Just needs something, anything. Just a next step. You know, if you're thinking about your marriage, God gives you a real picture, or you just imagine your future and what, what's the next step? You know, if it's struggling, maybe it's some counseling or doing an alpha marriage or finding someone who really has got it together on that. Ring Dave and Brendan Norton and just whatever. And then the third thing here I've written is work the plan. Plan the work and then work the plan. Plan the work and then work the plan. This is, this is where it becomes part of the grind. And now the grind suddenly has meaning, is that we're working something into our week that actually has purpose and future. Um, once we've done the deep work I've written, um, once we've done the deep work of seeking a thing out, we need to do the hard work of seeing a thing through and then just keeping purpose right in front of us. And I've found, I'll, I'll, I'll read to you in two minutes, that, that, that we just, then there's you're just getting traction and traction's easy in the sense that once you start, there's lots of enthusiasm. Uh, those of us who have a license, were well, you like me when you first got it? If we needed milk, I was your person. You, know? you, need a, you need anything done, I was your guy. You need someone to drive a long way, I was that guy. If you need someone to drive across Sydney quickly, 
and race someone else, I was that guy. Because it's brand new. There's traction, right? You've got a natural enthusiasm and I live to tell the story. That's not really where the grind kicks in. There's, there's traction, then there's consistent action and that's the key, you're just consistent action. Never underestimate the power and the potential of consistent action in a focused direction. It changes the grind. Discipline, action. This is where the grind begins to kick in. This is where sometimes it begins to become hard work. And then I want to finish with these passages on the board. We're going to rip through these Proverbs as we wrap. Proverbs chapter 10. And then we'll just go right on through them. He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Next one. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. The lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence, diligence is a man's precious possession. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing. Isn't that the truth? But the soul of the diligent, the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. The plans of the diligent surely lead, here we go, I love this, surely lead to plenty. This is the power of the grind. But those of everyone who is hasty surely lead to poverty. Diligent hands. Just diligence, consistence. And then overcoming action. There's persistent action. You know, I think of it like this. Traction and then consistent action. And then persistent action. We teach church planters this. And then we teach some persistent action again because usually that needs more than one push. We teach some overcoming action like we're starting to get somewhere. And then we teach them one more push. One more push. So often, there's just one more push. And isn't that true for you and I? We were, as I wrap, there might be this image on the screen of um, Bribey Island. And last year, the year before, I lost my keys on the beach. I probably lost them both years, to be perfectly frank. They lost my keys on the beach, neither the first nor the last time that's going to happen. And um, if you're around here every Sunday night, you know that that's common practice, isn't it? Sarah Bertram, she's always helping me. Candy, thank you. As I wrap, um, this beach, that's it. That's the scene. So I lost my keys on that beach and it looked like that, but more people. And we looked for like forever, you know, just walking up, kicking, kicking, kicking. You've got the idea. I've got Bron down there. I think Katie was down there and Bella. And we're just, anyway, we're walking off the beach. I'm done. I'm ringing, going to ring my friends, humbled by it. I don't even know if I had a spare key. No, me, probably not. I was probably going to have to get a $700 one cut. You know how it works. And, and I'm walking off the beach. And Lockie doesn't tell me. But Lockie's still looking. I've given up. And Lockie's looking. And in Lockie's understated casual way, he says, oh, there it is, Dad. <laughs> just one more push. And I reckon a whole bunch of people just giving up in the grind and it just needs one more push and then God turns up and everything shifts. Momentum comes and transformation happens. One more push. God doesn't put it in here to torment us. He puts it in here to inspire us. And so one more push, it's in you, the grind, I reckon, over the next four weeks. The way the grind works for you can absolutely and fundamentally change in Jesus' name. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.